battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to the show again. Uh, this week is going to be another shorter intro. Uh, I'm still getting ready for that trip uh, that I've been talking about forever. Uh, so this week's show is with Becky Dill, really talented piercer from California. We're actually going to be co-instructing a class on how to pierce young children this year at the APP conference. So I thought it might be kind of neat to kill two birds at one stone. Uh, we needed to have a little bit of a, a conference call anyway to talk about the class prep because the deadline is coming up for us handing in our presentations and our handouts, things like that. So I thought since we we're going to be talking anyway and I need content, uh, why not make a show out of it? So the people listening, you know, if you're a, a piercer in that APP bubble, out of that APP bubble, or someone who just knows about conference, um, this is this is how you put uh, together a class. This is our version of how you put together a class, at least. You know, maybe not everybody else, but you can hear us talking about uh, what we want to have in the class, some things we don't want to have in the class, whether we'll have a handout or not, and just kind of the overall direction of the class itself. You know, uh, what's Becky's opinion on the the different factors that go into to piercing a young minor? What are what are mine? Where's that middle ground? Uh, and how are we gonna you know, keep it in an informative tone without kind of stepping on each other's toes. So I thought it was pretty fun, uh, pretty pretty interesting to to talk to Becky and to really start to to get some sort of a, a concept put together for the class. So feel free to listen in. I will be out in San Francisco teaching uh, that class. Becky will be there, so hopefully we can kind of get together and maybe practice the class a little bit, polish it up a little before we actually do it at conference. So uh, just one one quick plug uh, before the the interview starts. You can go to precisionbodyarts.com backslash seminars. You can hear all the information about my upcoming classes in Boston, Chicago, and that San Francisco class. And uh, I'll be back after our interview. Uh, Hi, I'm Becky Dill, and I work at Cold Steel Piercing in San Francisco. I am a member of the Association of Professional Piercers, and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Becky, uh, at Becky Adorned. So uh, the, the whole reason we're talking today is because you and I are co-instructing a class at the APP conference this year uh, about piercing young minors. And, you know, I don't mean like, you know, 12 and 13 and 14, I like 10 and under kind of target, you know, kids, like little kids. So um, like what's your what's your process in your shop first, just so I understand like where you're coming from for your your mentality. Like what's your what's your age minimum for piercing kids? Um. There are, um, I work with Mick Rawls, uh, who has been piercing for more than 20 years. He was trained uh, at the gauntlet by Paul King. Uh, I work with Steve Joyner, um, who's been piercing for 10 more years longer than Mick. Uh, and, uh, um, and so at 15 years, I have the least amount of experience at the studio. Only Uh 15 years. (laughs) Yeah. And so um, Paul King, the owner, um, trusts us to make, you know, good decisions. 
Uh, and so the we get to do what we want, um, and we um, have the ability to say no. Um, all of us are kind of in the agreement that if somebody can't ask for it, then they um, then they won't be getting it. Right, uh, makes sense. But that means that um, that all Pierce is young as say three years old. Okay. Um, uh, and, uh, and it's all case by case. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, so I, I have a little bit more of like a, a hard line and it's just really been something that I've like dialed in from my own personal preference. Like I've tried piercing kids as young as four and, you know, I feel like it was a good experience for them, but maybe not a very comfortable experience for them or for me. And, uh, I'd be open to being a little bit flexible on my age minimum, but right now I'm comfortable with like six is, is usually as young as I feel comfortable with it because I definitely like to be able to have that, like you said, like a conversation with them. And I, you know, I've met some really brave four and five year olds, but I'd say more often it's been like, well, I don't, I don't really feel comfortable, you know, and I'm not going to tell the parents or the kid, like you just shouldn't get pierced at all. I'll just be honest. And I'll be like, I don't feel like I'm the right fit for you as a piercer. And there are other like APP shops around that I can, well, sort of around that I can refer them to, you know, like piercing Emporium is, is like 45 minutes South of me, which is, you know, it's a drive, but they, they at least have an alternative. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as like, Babies and toddlers, I don't feel personally comfortable with that, but I know really good, really good piercers that do that. You know, Piercing Emporium as an example, and I know Alicia Cardenas does like very young minors, you know, babies and toddlers, infants, little kids. Um, so if we're putting a class together, like what kind of, like where do you want to be on that road? Do you want to say, uh, this is this is my comfort zone, but like you know, develop your own comfort zone kind of thing, or or I don't know. How do you feel about that? Yeah, you know, um, I, I think it's um, I think it's important to offer critical thinking questions um, for people um, that are considering piercing minors um, and how young they want to do it. Um, uh, some of the critical thinking questions could be, uh, is, is the piercing gun going to interfere or negatively affect the growth or development of the body? Right. Uh, is the piercing going to be slow to heal? Is it going to be high maintenance? Can it become easily aggravated? Mm -hmm. Uh, and will the piercing leave prominent visible scarring? Yeah. Uh, and you know, so you can take that information and talk to the owner and look at, regulations in your area and figure out what's going to be the best. I've also heard kind of a few different opinions from piercers basically saying that they'll have a window where, you know, babies and, and infants, whatever that kind of age, uh, up to, you know, I guess maybe a year or maybe a little bit under a year, they feel comfortable there because a baby isn't necessarily going to be grabbing at their ears. Um, but then they get to this, this zone of maybe like one to three years old where maybe the child doesn't really have the understanding level of what's going on. Maybe they have more of a potential for like grabbing and accidents and things like that. So I also know some piercers that say I'll do it for this window, but then I won't do it again until four or five or, or whatever, because then that's when it's an actual little person and not a, not a child. And they can actually have the conscious decision of I'm not going to grab my ears right now. Yeah, um, uh, she's she's probably gonna kill me, but my friend Jory Zan, she um, pierces babies, and she tells the story, you know, or you know, tells it like 
she'll pierce babies that are just a, a few months old. Uh, I think the uh, the industry standard, so to speak, on that is about four months. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so she'll do four months to uh, about a year and a half, uh, and then once they learn the word no and they have an awareness um if if she tries to pierce them it feels really rapey (laughs) (laughs) because you know she's piercing a baby who's screaming no and (laughs) well let's 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 replace it with the word assaulty or something like that but i totally get i totally get what you mean yeah because you, you know you're kind of i don't know i i still have this thing in the back of my mind where it's like well is this piercing for the child or for the parent, you know? And like, what if the child grows up and they don't want their earlobes pierced? What if that's not their gender identity? What if that doesn't include earrings? You know, all, all that different stuff, you know? So it, I'm very much in the category of me personally, they have to say, I want earrings for, for me to do earrings on them, you know? And I, I get it, you know, different cultures and in different upbringing different family structures and all that stuff I get that I'm not going to tell someone what to what decisions to make with their own child but I definitely feel within my right that I don't have to say yes if I feel uncomfortable for some reason uh, people are, are I mean we're so passionate and we want to protect our children you know and so people have these these hard lines of this is what my mm, my boundary, my comfort level is. And if you go beyond that, then, um, people get upset. They, um, they become violent, you know, because you disagree with them. You know, uh, there, there's that great article online, that like satire article on, um, uh, tongue piercing. Uh, I'm going to pierce my baby's tongue. Have you ever seen that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you know, me, uh, me and my husband are juggalos, and it's our culture, it appears, huh? <laughs> I want my baby to look like me, and <laughs> I want my daughter to have this great aesthetic, you know, and it, it's, <laughs> we can laugh at it because it's like, oh, it's silly to pierce a, a baby's tongue, but these same uh, opinions that get brought up are the exact things that we have right. to ask ourselves, you know, is is making a little hole in the earlobe. <laughs> is it right or not? It, it, this is a very difficult subject to teach about because um, of the question of ethics and consent. Yeah. Uh, I hope that when we put this class together that that we're able to uh, do it in a way that's not going to – that's going to offend the least amount of people as possible. Well, I, I my, my idea in my mind isn't really telling them – what age and you know how and all that stuff it's really just going to be you know if you choose to offer this service here are some things that i think could could help you improve your service or here are some lessons that i've learned you know for good or for bad uh and just kind of you know if you like it incorporated into your process so it's it's more just like safety and, and management and things like that and i i'm perfectly comfortable not really talking about ages you know we can just kind of basically say at whatever age you find you find appropriate to offer in your business, you know, within legal boundaries, and then just leave it at that, you know, and then just we can just talk about where where we have the the biggest crossover, which is somewhere in that like, you know, five to eight kind of zone, and we can talk about the things, and then if they want to incorporate that into whatever, but you know, I'm not gonna 
I don't, I don't want to teach a class about like, and now this is how you hold a baby down, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And I agree with you. Um, uh, The last time that I taught this class, you know, I I made a list of subjects that, um, that, uh, that I, we, I taught the class before with uh, a brilliant person, wonderful piercer, uh, Lisa Taylor from industrial. Uh, So we, we put together this list of things uh, that we wanted to avoid. uh, And, uh, uh, one was, um, you know, baby piercings. Since neither of us um, pierced babies, you know, we didn't really feel like it was something that we could talk about, um, you know, and give tips for experience. That could be a whole class in itself. Yeah. And a class that I don't necessarily want to be involved yeah. in. Not because I'm anti, I, you know, I'm, I'm again, you know, it's just, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel comfortable with it. The, uh, another thing is um, maybe maybe we shouldn't talk about aftercare necessarily, you know, uh, because yeah. Yeah. it's not so much different, um, you know, to maybe just some highlights on or tips and tricks. Um. <laughs> well, I, I think I think, again, like when you when you have certain things that are also going to be taught in, in separate classes at, yeah. at, at conference, especially, you know, you can say. You know, it's it's less important what specific aftercare uh, you're 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 giving, and it's more important in your delivery because you need to have a delivery for a child who's maybe a little excited or a little bit nervous or a little bit whatever, and then a parent who is you know the same same kind of nervous or excited. So you need to mm-hmm. maybe just cater your speech to it, not necessarily. You know, I don't want to police what people are telling their clients right. to do for aftercare, but yeah, I, I think we can find. I think we can find ways to talk about lots of different subjects without necessarily having to like go in depth on those topics, you know? I agree. I agree. You know, um, one thing that I didn't do in the last class or didn't talk about in the last class was, um, um, what, um, what age is appropriate to do which piercing? Mm-hmm. Um, because I am not a medical professional, I didn't feel comfortable saying, you know, the, the tongue shouldn't be pierced until 16 years of age or, you know, nobody who is 14 should have a navel piercing um, because I I don't have any evidence to say that, you know, I have lots of opinion, um, but. uh, Well, I I think for this, for this class, do you feel like it's going to be, you know, mostly earlobes or, or did you have, did you have like a concept of talking about other minor stuff? Because I'm, I'm talking about like young minors to the point where, in my studio, you know, maybe I'll pierce a helix on a well-developed 13-year-old's ear, you know, but like yeah. uh, younger than that, no, it's earlobes are nothing basically for me. Yeah. Uh, I am, it will, it'll make it really easy for sure if we just talk about earlobes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Piercing earlobes on minors. Um, I have a, I have a question for you. Sure. Um, what about septum piercings, dude? Uh, so in my studio, we yeah. have basically like all, none of the ages are defined by the state. Uh, the state just basically says there's over 18 and there's under 18. That's it. You know, make any other distinctions yourself. Uh, yeah. So my distinction for a septum is I think on usually it's 16. I think on my website it says 16. And I can I can make the exception, uh, but I want to talk to the person first, you know. Uh, I think maybe I'd feel comfortable doing it on a mature 14 or 15 year old, but I don't think that's the policy. And like that means that 
the other piercers in my studio can't deviate from the policy that I set, but I would have the flexibility to, to do that. So yeah. I don't know. What's your opinion on it? Um, I, uh, <laughs> I didn't know I had one, um, until a, uh, a 10 year old came into the studio and he had a septum piercing and it was like, immediately it was like walking up to this kid and being like, hello, <laughs> <laughs> how long have you had your septum for young man? You know, <laughs> six years. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, oh man, he, you could just tell he was feeling so cool and I, um, was in agreement that he was so cool. <laughs> and it wasn't a clip-on, right? No, it was okay. a circular barbell, 16-gauge circular barbell, and he was, you know, shopping for other pieces he could wear now that it was all healed up. And huh. uh, and it just got me thinking, like, okay, so back to those, like, critical thinking questions, you know, um, gosh, septum piercings only take a couple of months to heal. There's no visible scarring. They're not easy to aggravate. Yeah, it's I don't. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't know what it is in my mind, but there's something there for sure that that makes me apprehensive for that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but it it's interesting. Okay, I just um, you know, I I I don't know that I would pierce a ten year old septum. <laughs> oh, I know that I would not. I would not, I would personally not pierce unless it was like my own ten year old or something, and like you know they bug me for years. But yeah, I'm not about to pierce a, a client's ten year old septum. But it's an interesting question, you know, it's, yeah. it makes you think of like, why, you know, why would you pierce um, uh, a helix piercing on a 13 year old and not a septum piercing on a 13 year old? You know, a helix totally. would much, much more difficult to heal. Yeah, uh, I'll totally and- agree. I, I think for me, the line is that I want to be able to give people an alternative to the mall as young as possible yeah, for certain that's piercings. True. You know, because in in my state in New Hampshire, about 10 years ago, they banned piercing guns for cartilage. Yeah. Uh, So it's basically, you know, if I won't pierce someone on the younger side, then they might just, they can't get it done in New Hampshire, but they can just go to uh, maybe another not so great piercing studio or maybe a a mall in Massachusetts, which is like right right near my border. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that, you know, but like, it's not like people have... It's not like people can threaten and be like, oh, I'm going to go to uh, Claire's and I'm going to get my septum done for my 10-year-old there. It's like, well, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is totally that line of like, well, what are we imposing on people versus like what's actual health or science or law or, or whatever? Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, if we're going to do age and, and aftercare kind of vague, like my, my biggest thing The reason that I kind of pitched doing a a class like this is because um, for such a long time, it was like taboo for me to to pierce little kids. I knew that it was totally a a thing and a a valid service, but, you know, I don't I don't have children. I don't have any siblings and I'm just not comfortable around kids. You know, like I can I can talk to them for a little bit, you know, but then I turn really awkward and it's like, uh, so how's school? You know, like, I don't know how to talk to a little kid. Uh, like what do you, tell me your favorite dinosaur? You know, like that's what I would ask a kid, you know? Um, so when I started, I started getting tons of emails. I don't know how, like what your demand is or how your demand has changed over years, but mine spiked maybe like two or three years ago. I, I went from almost nobody asking unless they were like a regular client, you know, Hey, would you pierce my kid? to yeah. like constant emails and constant phone calls. So now I have to like, you know, I, I have a whole system and, you know, and I really just wanted to share my system for if there are other piercers like me out there that are apprehensive or don't know how to start incorporating it. So um, I don't know. That's just kind of, that's my 
that's my vision of of the information we would give in a class. But what were some of the what were some of the things that you are would be passionate about sharing with people on the subject? Um, I think that we um, have the the same uh, opinion. You know what what I want people to get out of the class is um, how to make piercing minors um, any minor for any piercing. How how to make that procedure more comfortable for the both of them. Right. Uh, how to uh, go about you know maybe advertising for it. Um, and and you know it, it's important to touch on the consent and the ethics part, but, you know, I want to get past that really quickly and, yeah. and dive into, um, uh, you know, dive into studio setup um, or, you know, how to, you know, vet somebody at the counter, how to read body language. Mm -hmm. When a child comes into the studio, it's like, I, I know right away if they're going to get pierced or not, you know, just by them making eye contact or not, or, you know, so, so, I think the class should have a lot of that information. So what's your, what's your process? Like, are you appointment only for it? Are you, are you walk-in? Like, do you, do you offer it during certain hours? Yeah. Do you, you know, like what, what, what's your process? Well, we are in, um, the studio's in San Francisco and we're in a very, um, touristy part of town uh, called the Haight-Ashbury neighborhood. Um, it's where Janis Joplin and the Grateful Dead um, all lived <laughs> at some point. Uh, and so we do pierce a lot of, you know, locals, um, but um, there are so many people that are just visiting really quickly that it's not, uh, it doesn't make sense for us to do appointment only yep. uh, or to only offer this on certain days. Uh, we have two piercing rooms uh, and on the weekends we have two piercers working. Uh, so if one of us needs to take time and do um, any piercing that's going to be longer than 20 minutes, you know, we've got the other, the other piercer there to <laughs> to pick up the slack, but mm -hmm. no, um, uh, anybody can come in anytime for any piercing as long as it can be done safely. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Do you do, do you ever do tandem piercing? Mm. Uh, simultaneous piercing. Um, I, um, I have done simultaneous nipples. Um, I also teach with, uh, Fakir. I'm one of the uh, teachers, for the intensives. And so we do simultaneous like nipple piercings and outer labia piercings and that cool stuff. But, um, I have, um, kids, uh, lie down, mm -hmm. uh, when I pierce them and it's, uh, I don't think comfortable, um, for me. Um, or, uh, I don't think you can get as much, um, I don't think the piercing's would be as perfect. <laughs> no, I, I get what you mean because I don't, I also don't do it because I, I think it's almost, I, I, I see the benefit of both are done roughly the same time, but I, yeah. I do feel like it would make it a little bit scarier, uh, for the, for the child and a little bit less control for the piercer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> correct. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't think we're going to have like that much of a problem teaching this class. I don't feel like we're going to be like running over each other because I think we're kind of on the same page. The only big difference for me is I do I do mine by appointment because, uh, you know, I don't do so many of them where I, I would I would think that if I'm doing them by walk in, I would be doing them all the time, you know, so. Uh, I usually book them maybe like an hour before we open. We open at noon, so I usually book them for around 11. 
Um, and I, I specifically tell the parent when they contact me, uh, okay, so here, let me take it back even further than that. If someone, nobody ever just walks in and asks, you know, because I'm picky about IDs and a lot of people don't have their birth certificate on them and all that junk. So when people call, uh, we direct them to our, our website. I have a special info page on there that walks through all the policies because I got sick of having to type out like a five paragraph email every time somebody asked me about it. So I have all the frequently asked questions and the IDs we need and our policies and all that. And I tell them that, you know, once you have all the IDs, because I require a photo ID for the kid, which yeah. can be a, a little bit tricky, you know, how do you get a photo ID for a six-year-old, you know? So a lot of times they're getting passports and junk like that. Yeah. So uh, I do it by appointment. I tell them that it's a consultation only uh, and that if, if things go well and, and all three of us feel comfortable, then I'll perform the piercing in the same visit, sure. But... You know, I want the, the, the kid to feel comfortable in the studio. I want them to talk to me and feel comfortable with me. I'll show them the work area. I'll show them the jewelry. They can pick out their color. We can talk a little bit about do's and don'ts with aftercare and, you know, make sure that the parent understands uh, the cleaning just as well as the, the child and all that stuff. And then if the kid feels like terrified, you know, I'd say maybe, uh, you know, one out of 10 or, or, you know, maybe even a little bit more than that, one out of 10 will get they'll be nervous and they won't be ready to do it in that first visit. So rather than kind of trying to pull them through that process or having their parents push them through that process, I usually just say, you know, let's, let's, you know, put it, put it off maybe another month or something like that. Whenever you feel like you're ready or something. And cause I've, I've gotten a couple of times where I've gotten all the way to the point where I've got my, my sterile gloves on and I've got a needle in my hand and you know, I'm doing my, my routine, which I think is great. I've got it really dialed in to make it really comfortable and pleasant for the kids, but some kids just aren't ready for it. And, you know, they'll start getting kind of teary and really nervous. And I'll usually say at that point, let's wave off because I don't want this to be a negative experience in your mind, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's weird. You know, I, I think we're kind of on the same page. I think you maybe have a little bit better of a, um, like a studio flow to, to, to go with that, you know, cause if you have more than one piercer or more than one counter person, stuff like that, you know, we've only got one counter and one piercer on at a time. So, you know, it can take a lot of time to, to yeah. give a child the right experience. Yeah. Um, and it, our, our system isn't perfect. You know, there's, we're constantly, um, learning and changing. Um, but, uh, so if they come in on a weekend, it's great because we've got another piercer there. <laughs> but if they come in on a weekday, yeah. uh, we're booking, you know, for potentially an hour. But, you know, a lot of that time can be cut down um, as long as you know how to uh, read their body language. You know, like mm -hmm. like I mentioned before, it's uh, when a child comes into the studio, I've pretty much I know immediately whether or not they're going to be able to, to do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like if they're Just, like hiding behind mom or something. Uh, uh, so, um, uh, sometimes it's just like, Hey, well, you know, now that you've met me, now that you've seen the jewelry, sometimes I'll show them the piercing room and it's, Hey, come back, you know, come back next time. Come back. Um, <laughs> at the end of summer, you know, something yeah. like <laughs> come back in 10 years. Come back in ten years. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, when they when they get back there, it's usually it's usually fine. You know, I've met some really brave, really cool kids, but yeah. you know, I've got different things that I kind of incorporate into my into my shtick. You know, so yeah. uh, now that I, now I've realized that um, uh, I don't wear a face mask when I pierce little kids. You know, I wear a face mask for for everything else. You know, even if some piercers don't agree that you need you know, a face mask for something like an earlobe, you know, but for kids, I specifically make the decision to not wear one because sometimes it just makes me look a little too 
doctorish intimidating. So I want to make it a little more personable. Um, and a lot of times I'll just ask them little kid questions, you know, like, Hey, do you have any pets? Tell me about your pets. So you don't get nervous and, and disarming and stuff like that. And now I think I'm at the point where I need to start kind of prepping the parents a little bit too, because the only, the only negative experiences I've had in the last year or so were because the parent was more nervous than the kid. And they were like, Oh, do you, do you feel like you're ready? Do you want to see the needle? Uh, and it's like, just just don't talk about the needle. I'm trying to make this a pleasant thing. I'm just talking about how cool the jewelry is, you know? Like, yeah. don't draw attention to the razor-sharp piece of metal. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let, let's focus on how brave you're being right now and yeah. how awesome these are going to look afterwards. Right. Not, <laughs> not this, like, you know, instant where it's going to be pain. Uh, focus on the after. Yeah. And then uh, I've got I got a little box of little like dental office toys and, and I'll be like, oh, the brave kids get to pick a toy at the end. And that'll usually just kind of keep them like, you know, rock solid in the chair because they want to pick out something cool. Yeah, <laughs> we have uh, we have stickers that we give to everyone, really, uh, kids and parents and <laughs> and uh, adults that come in to get peers that say, you know, I, I didn't cry or. I cried, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's or, super cute. Uh, I was moral support, you know. Uh, yeah, they're really cute. <laughs> Do you have any that say I pooped a little? <laughs> we should. <laughs> I'm going to get on to uh, Danny the girl about that immediately. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm sure she'll <laughs> love that suggestion. All right. So if we're kind of on the same page about age yeah. and aftercare and, you know, more or less on the same page about process, like, so... How do you think you'd – do you want to break up the class like where you give a perspective and I give a perspective or do you want to just – we'll collaborate on a slideshow and we'll each talk about a little bit of it? Like what's your dynamic when you teach with other people? Yeah, that's great. And you know that that you bring it up. It's one of the big questions that I had for you today um, is um, it, it can be difficult to teach um, with another instructor um, and um, in, in the past I've experienced, you know um, – one, you know, whether I'm in the audience or not, um, you know, one instructor bulldozing over the other, <laughs> you know, and, and so you've got one person that's just standing up there and smiling and then the other one <laughs> doing all the talking. Um, Have you ever but- noticed that that's why I teach my, my workshops solo? Because <laughs> I used to, I used to co-instruct them with like, you know, John Joyce or Jesse or Johnny Velez yeah. or something. And I, I would kind of do that and they, they, they joke and call it the Ryan show, but I also, I also definitely know how to co-instruct with people. You know, I did the septum class with Whitney and Alicia and, you know, I, I know that you can't just suck up all the oxygen in the room yourself. You know, I'm there to give part of a perspective and, you know, you're there to give part of a perspective and I don't, I don't want to like shut you out just like I wouldn't want to be shut out. So I, I totally like, I like it as more of a, a collaboration kind of thing. Is that why they put us together is because um, I can talk loud too? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because we, we both submitted proposals that were kind of similar. So they were like, well, let's just pair them up and do like a super class or something. <laughs> super class. Okay, I'm into it. Super class. Um, well, uh, so um, yeah, so how do we do this? I mean, yeah, I guess we could do one slide and then you do the next slide. And that way, all the information that we plan on getting out there gets out there and nothing gets skipped over because it, you say one sentence and I say the other sentence. and Right. I, I hate that style. Like I hate when it's like, you know, you say 50%, I say 50%, whether it's not, whether it's a flow or not. So what, what I was thinking is we could maybe do, you know, one of us make like a Google doc and we'll kind of just, you put in 
what you feel is like your important information, I'll put in what I feel like is my important information. Then we'll figure out where the middle ground is. And maybe for those middle ground subjects, we can just have one slide and, you know, you can talk on it a little bit. I'll talk on it a little bit. And then if we get to something like, you know, appointments versus walk-ins or a different kind of process or something, we could maybe have, you know, a slide for your, your process and a slide for my process. I really like it when classes give a dual perspective, you know, not necessarily a, a contradicting perspective, but I like it when it's more than just one person's opinion. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll split it up. Um, and maybe before we go to the next slide, we'll come together and make sure that, um, <laughs> all feelings have been expressed and then we'll move on and somebody will be the lead on the next subject and yeah, whatever. Or, or something. I mean, it doesn't have to be super, <laughs> super rigid or something. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm good just kind of going along with it. And I, I feel like we're, we're pretty close in the information we want to give, yeah. you know, I, I, it's just, uh, I always try to think about, you know, what would, what information would like 21 year old Ryan have benefited from, you know, that in, in, instead of spending that like 10 or 15 year period where I just wasn't comfortable with it, like, is there something that could have made me comfortable? So those people that are taking the class, you know, I, I, I don't want it to just be like, this is the jewelry you would pick for a six year old. And, and this is the aftercare you would give a six year old. I want to talk about like how you, how you do it, you know, like, so I'm sure you have, you know, the, the way you talk to them is probably different than the way you talk to a 16 year old, you know? So that's really the information that I wanted to get out there is like, you know, do you, do you do like, you know, corny, corny jokes? Do you do sleight of hand? Do you do something to, do you have the parents distract them? Like, where do you have the, the, the parent during the procedure? Are they sitting or are they right there holding the, the, the kid's hand or, or whatever? That's the kind of information that I would want to hear from a class like this. So that's kind of what I was hoping to get out a, a little bit. So do you, do you feel like you have like little trick kind of stuff that you pull out for, for when you're working on the, the, the little kids? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Um, I don't know how much I should talk about right now. Cause you, you know, everyone should just come to the class, right? Right. Well, I mean, uh, we don't have to spill the beans or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, uh, yeah. You know, just a constant communication and, um, you know, moving things forward. Things are constantly moving. Um, uh, there's no lingering and waiting and, <laughs> um, um, uh, you know, there's that vetting at the counter that I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, and you know, there's like, um, uh, breathing, you know, and, uh, toys and things, um, uh, uh, practice. Um, <laughs> what, uh, the last time that I did pierce a three-year-old, um, I did a, a complete start to finish, um, piercing on a teddy bear. It was like, okay. Adorable tell the teddy bear it's not going to hurt. And she's like, teddy bear, it's not, it's not going to hurt. Okay. Did you get a <laughs> yeah. specially designed teddy bear that can cry? <laughs> it was like the one that she brought in. Oh, but wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and, and so, you know, because she was so supportive, I mean, you could do the same thing to a parent too, where it's like, okay, tell mom, it's not going to hurt. You know, it's not going to hurt mom. You're yeah. being brave mom. And like, when it becomes their time, you know, and the roles are reversed, uh, you know, all of a sudden they they have an, a great understanding of exactly how it's going to go on, and they're they're you know inspired by <laughs> their parent, you know, who just got right. their ears to or whatever. Uh. <laughs> that makes sense. For for me, I I actually bust out. I I have like a sleight of hand trick. So 
you know, when I set up stuff on the tray, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I have the, the needles off to the side covered and I just have the jewelry exposed and I'll, I'll be like, oh, I want to show you the jewelry and, you know, is it okay if I just tap the jewelry up against your earlobe? And so they get used to like something touching their ear. And then yeah, when I'm yeah. just talking and asking them about their pets, you know, I'll put down the jewelry and I'll just pick up the needle and touch them with the back of the needle and then slowly kind of build it up. So it's not just like a, they don't, they don't know what's coming sort of thing, you know? And then I'll be like, oh, that's not so bad. Right. And they're like, no, it's not so bad. Uh, <laughs> that's my little kid impression. Uh, and then I'll do the piercing and, and the majority of the time it works great, you know, but I, I definitely yeah. think that my... My big lack is uh, I just I'm not good at having that like empathy, you know, like I can mm-hmm. I can do it, but it's a, it's an act when I do it with kids, you know, and, and I can I can handle it for that 10 or 15 minute or 20 minute interaction. and It's no problem. But then when when it starts to turn into like the kid is not feeling the situation, like I immediately yeah. can read their body language and everything. And sometimes the parents get a little pushy because they don't want to make a second trip. And it's just like, right. you know what? I really don't think that this is the right time, you know, and let's just, let's just talk about jewelry and we can talk about aftercare as much as you want, yeah. but I don't, I don't feel like it's right to for the piercing. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm excited to do this class. You know what? Um, I was thinking about, uh, well, I think about it every time a pierce a minor, like, Ooh, I should ask them if I could record this for the class. And then I think like, Oh no, I don't want to like, you know, exploit, you know, or yeah. I thought about that too. Or I thought about maybe trying to find like a friend that wants their yeah. their child's ears pierced and like specifically just be like, you know, I won't charge you a piercing fee if you can let me just put a, a camera in the corner, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I would love that. And I would love to like show, you know, that cause you know, uh, talking about it is different than seeing it. What would you uh, think about, uh, this is going to sound cheesy, but what would okay. you think about like a role play? You know, like I could, you know, like would, would that be too silly? <laughs> I get, I get Pablo Perlmuter on the table with a hair <laughs> in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Let's just do that anyway. Even if we don't role play, tell him, tell him we need him to. We just got to okay, wear a diaper. <laughs> uh, that would be hilarious. Again. <laughs> I've I've got a team of piercers that would probably be willing to do role play in the Bay Area. So okay, not that kind of role play. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we we could right? like um, <laughs> not like not like a full like scene or anything like that, you know. No. But but just something about because you know the way that the way that I do my thing and the way that you do your thing, there's only so much that you can explain, you know, on a slide or or even speaking it out loud, you know, and maybe just something, you know, it doesn't have to be the whole thing, but you can, people need to understand that tone that you're using or, you know, the body language that you're using or, or, or something like that, you know, cause yeah. I just think it would, I just think it would help, but we don't necessarily have to do that. But as long as people get what you're like, why it's successful for you, you know, rather mm-hmm. than just kind of reading something. Correct. Um, I think that's a great idea. Um, we, I am, we should definitely find a way to do that. And like now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that deadline kind of snuck up on me. I figured it would have been like the end of May or something because conference isn't until mid July, but the end of April. (laughs) That kind of stinks. Oh, here's a good question. Do you want a handout? Um, I, um, yeah, right. Handouts. That you get like points for instructing if you provide a handout too, huh? They're I like Yes, yeah. I mean they're they're digital now. I mean we don't do yeah. physical ones, so I mean even if it's not like a, a traditional quote unquote handout, like do you think that there's anything 
do you think that there's anything beneficial people should be leaving with as like a, a supplement for when they get home? Well, uh, one of the cool things is that I already have one okay. um, that probably could just be updated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't necessarily have to start something from scratch. Um, we can, you know, take the information um, written down and just adjust it. So that's is that what I'm easy. is that what I'm looking at in this uh, in this folder you sent me? Let's see. Um, there is a copy of final handout. Yeah. Um, you see, it's, this looks like a test. It does. Well, I taught this with Lisa in mm-hmm. 2016, and that was the year that all the handouts became digital. Right. So I made this handout, and I cl- included these like horizontal lines for people to write notes. Notes, okay. And, <laughs> and then, um, and then it was digital. So uh, yeah. I just looked like a big old dummy instead. Well. <laughs> I think we could definitely take take some of this information and then maybe just change the presentation to it because I feel like some of this is the information that you want to skip over kind of in the class, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think it should be re, reworked. But yeah, because I mean some of it, right. like talking about, you know, check your local laws and check your insurance company. I mean, we can definitely touch on that if you want in the class, but I, I think information like that uh, or maybe even just like a little blurb about you know, it, it's up to you as a professional to choose the appropriate age, you know, yada, yada kind of thing. You know, we can just have the stuff that people might expect to hear in that class, but we don't necessarily want to say verbally in the class. I mean, that's yeah. that's the perfect way to, to, to get it out there is stick it in a handout. In a handout. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, with the handout, you know, if, uh, somebody who um, didn't get the, because of scheduling, didn't get a chance to take the class and they're like, oh, well, I want to read the handout. I mm-hmm. think that it's uh it'll be nice to include those things that <laughs> those little one sentence blurbs uh totally check your check your local laws so what's this other one that you sent me the cheat sheet um that is the um that is our class the instructor oh, okay uh, presentation from start to finish can i give uh, you a secret that that brian skelly taught me yes uh so right in cuz i see that the slideshow that you did is right in um Google Slides. Yes. And if you open that up and you look at it right at the bottom, there's a section that says click to add speaker notes. <laughs> yes. You, mm-hmm. Okay. Do you already know about all that? <laughs> yeah. The, this was my first time doing okay, a okay. Uh, PowerPoint. <laughs> I totally um, didn't know that. For I, I've been using slides for like quite a while and Brian yeah. was like, oh yeah, do you know that you can just put that in right here? And I just felt like, oh, okay. I just, I didn't read that. Okay. I love Brian. Yeah. Where, I don't know. Where would we all be without him? You know what? I was actually kind of thinking about that. You know, if you if you completely remove Brian from the industry, he was he never a body piercer, never existed. Do you think that the industry would be using statums and optum and all all this talk about high polish and different materials? Do you think we'd be there? Because I I think he he put us ahead by years. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't know the answer. There would probably um, be way more regulation <laughs> yeah. um, because we would have screwed things up so bad. <laughs> uh, and uh, we probably would not be using um, as good of metals. 
Yeah, the metals for sure, and the sterilization technology yeah. that that's just so commonplace. Like, oh yeah, I have like seven statums in my studio. All right, so we'll do a handout with uh, you know the the boring information and maybe some of the the fun supplemental in, in, information too. So um, let's see, can I can I copy and paste from this PDF? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Okay. So maybe, uh, you know, we'll share a document on just general ideas and then we'll maybe share a document for the handout and we can both maybe edit it and copy and paste some stuff into it. Um, do notes and all that. And then for the slideshow, probably just, we'll throw together a generic one and you can add slides. I can add slides and then we can maybe have another meeting in a couple of weeks and see what we're coming up with. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, I don't remember, I guess you did a you did a slideshow at um, Camp APP, um, and I seem to remember laughing. You had like some funny things in there. Was it the was it entertaining the, the genital implants one? Yeah, I think so. Didn't yeah. you have some things that were like entertaining and? I try to do that, you know, because I I feel like uh, classes can get really boring when you don't give people a a reason to read the slides and pay attention and all that stuff. So a couple of jokes here and there can just keep people awake, you know. Yeah. Um, I, so, uh, jokes, we need jokes, jokes. We just need really bad puns about children. <laughs> um, uh, oh, so- you know what would be really good? Uh, hmm. I almost don't want to say it on the show. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe it will. Oh, only like three people listen to the show anyway. Uh, what, <laughs> I if we, wanna... what if we did something that was like piercing minors and then we just, we go into like a fake presentation for like four or five slides about like coal miners and just talk about piercing coal miners and then we can be like yeah. oh you meant the yeah. other miners no yeah, that's a terrible joke. Of, um, um you know tongue piercing was all the like the the soot in their lungs can right. uh, cause inflammation right and um with nostril piercings they have to wear a some kind of uh, respirator or <laughs> i think we're just we're killing the joke as we say the joke oh damn it i'm killing it okay sorry. <laughs> All right, okay. so uh, I'm leaving. I'm going to be gone for the next, like, week and a half, but I'll have internet the whole time. So uh, after we're done talking tonight, I'll just throw together a couple of, like, you know, f- whatever documents and share them with you, and that way we'll, we'll just be on the same page for the, the doc that we're working on. And then, you know, I, I can do a little bit of stuff while I'm away next week, um, and then we can just kind of get the, the ball rolling on it. And then uh, maybe, like, middle of April have another meeting. That sounds good. Okay. What's your like? What's your what's your normal flow for making classes? Because really, I mean, if 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 I wouldn't get harassed about deadlines, I would have everything done like one week before conference. But I know that that's not realistic. <laughs> um, there is um, Becky Dill in the past um, who does things kind of last minute, and then there's Becky Dill present and future um, <laughs> who just gets things done ahead of time and before. <laughs> That future Becky Dale's a real go-getter. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I also have so many things on my plate right now for contra- conference uh, and others that um, I just uh, – I need everything done now. <laughs> right. Well, and there's that whole, like, you know, full-time job thing too. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, yep. That's, that's a thing. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so um, uh, yeah, I'm not, not, no stress. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No stress now, 
But, yeah. you know, like April 25th rolls around, I'm pretty sure we're going to feel a little bit of the pinch because I'm also working on three other classes for con- – how many other classes are you doing for conference? Um, I am um, doing the members-only open techniques um, with Aaron and Whitney. What, um, is there prep for that or is it basically just kind of like based on questions or – Historically, there's – Really not a whole lot of prep for that. Oh, yeah. I just offended every uh, APP member who led the It's true, us. though. It's true. Um, and so we're trying to um, make mini presentations. I think that might be um, really nice. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop talking. So uh, if I don't fulfill that. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. She's promising mini presentations. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, yeah, so there's that. I'm also um, uh, curating the Body Piercing Archive exhibit at conference this year. Uh, We're doing uh, piercing in performance art. So I'm trying to get that entire exhibit together. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. Everything's great. So, you know, a light year. Um, but, uh, and, and I've got a couple other projects right now, but, um, of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I am now we're going to work I- this out. We're going to work this out. And then when I come <laughs> out to, when I come out to Frisco in June, we can even do like a dry run of the class or practice it a little bit if you want. I love that. I the love luxury that. of it. We could also do it in front of an audience if we wanted to. Yeah. I mean, we could, yeah, we could spitball it a little bit because <laughs> my class is going to bomb. So we might as well have something else ready to go as a plan B. <laughs> what other class are you doing this year? Uh, I'm doing uh, a new, a new bedside manner class with Jesse yeah. V. Uh, oh. All the bedside manner classes up until now have been pretty similar in my opinion. It's been like, uh-huh energy transfer and you know professionalism sure but it's been a little bit more of that like i don't know hippie perspective from from, for like a lack of a better term so the pitch on this one is uh bedside manner for the introvert and the extrovert so you know guess guess who's going to be teaching what between me and jesse um (laughs) so i just want to be basically be able to talk about like if you're a piercer and your thing is not like you know sage or drums like how do you how do you control the room with with confidence and and make the client feel comfortable and give them a good experience and 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 then Jesse will kind of talk about you know maybe disarming them with humor and and kind of that thing but you know empathy is going to be a big part of it I'm not going to say like ignore your client as a person but it's just just a different way to approach it as far as bedside manner theory I, I love it you know um, one of my favorite things that I ever learned in a bedside manner class and this was um, several years ago and I think Nick Wolock was the teacher mm-hmm. um, uh, in the class he um, taught me to um, tell people where to put their purses yep. <laughs> like that's that's bedside manner you know give people a direction you know for, tell them where to sit and mm-hmm. keep them moving anyway yeah, no, I, I, I basically, okay. my whole process is like, I'm going to tell you exactly what to do and when, but you yeah. know, in the end, you're going to feel like it's your, your yes. direction and your experience, but I am going to like, you know, it's like a conductor for a symphony, you right. know, like you're not the whole show, <laughs> but you got to make sure that it stays on the rails. Yay. Yes. Uh-huh. Agreed. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> that, and then, you know, then I'm doing my, my two sessions of my regular workshop, but that's, I could do that in my sleep by this point. Cool. <laughs> I know you can. Yeah, maybe I actually do in my sleep sometimes. I should probably ask somebody. <laughs> All right, so okay. 
Uh, anything else you want to talk about as far as planning goes? Um, no. Okay. Um, no. Um, should we ask people for photo submissions, I guess? Yeah, I, I think um, I, I've only got a small handful, and I don't think I have any pictures of me like in process. So maybe like in the APP member forum or something like that, we can get right. a little bit. You know, Maybe people have some process. Unless it's just going to be like 100 pictures of people doing a hard style with a six-year-old. <laughs> okay i'll now delete this entire folder i have <laughs> oh wait is that that folder that says photos of kids yeah <laughs> how many how many hard style pictures are in there but are do you still have the slideshow open yeah yeah uh, go to the the third number 14 yeah was it nate with this the yeah with the kid with the sailor said hat i love that so much that's cool these are good pictures i mean i don't have I've got maybe at best a half a dozen pictures for piercing kids, so I, I think I'll probably have to rely on you for that. Okay, all right. It, um, I it's my job now. Okay. I will, I will solicit. You heard it here first. <laughs> all right. Okay, I think that's it. Okay, cool. So uh, for the for the whole show thing, just tell people again one more time. What's your social media? Where do you work? All that good stuff. Uh, I work at Cold Steel America Piercing and Tattoo in San Francisco, California. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Becky Adorned. Uh, and, um, and that's all. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, I'll get uh, this document junk set up probably sometime tomorrow. And then, uh, you know, just shoot me a message whenever you, you, you got some ideas or... Let me know if there are any, like, significant additions or changes in the docs, and we can just kind of take it from there. Okay, sounds good. Cool. This is going to be good. Yay. Awesome. Bye. All right. Talk to you later. All right. So there you have it. Uh, Becky and I are going to try to put together a good class for everybody. I'm feeling pretty confident about it. Uh, Becky seems to have a, a really great approach to how she handles piercing children. Uh, the, I looked at all of her class materials from the previous time of her instructing it, and I think uh, it, it's going to be really great. And there's some really good information in there. Uh, hopefully I don't screw things up by being involved in the class. I'll make sure that Becky has plenty of space and she can uh, give her info and, and I'll give my info. And um, I think we can really help some people. I'm looking forward to it. So as I record this, uh, it's it's the morning of uh, Thursday, March 29th. I'm heading out to the UK tonight, and I'm going to be gone for the next uh, just just over a week and a half, just under two weeks. I'm going to be in the UK for a few days, and then I'm going straight to New Orleans for WrestleMania. And I am going to super overdose on wrestling over the next week and a half. It's going to be awesome, and uh, when I get back, maybe I'll get myself like a cool spandex outfit and a cape or something and I can make like a wrestling persona for when I go to, to conference and teach with Becky. So one more time you can go to precisionbodyarts.com seminars. You can get all the information about my upcoming classes, understanding and applying freehand piercing techniques. And then in Boston I'll be doing my piercing needle bevel theory class which is basically the, uh, the first third of that all day freehand seminar. So go ahead and check those out. I'd love to see you in the class. I'll be back next week with another interview. I've already got one recorded. I don't want to uh, give it away just yet, but I think it's going to be a really cool one. And uh, I'll keep uh, I'll keep the shows coming for you as long as you keep listening. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook.
For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.